Okay, scream vagina. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> vagina. <laughs> we love well, penises and vaginas. <laughs> that's right. God, I love that movie. It's so funny. <laughs> well, we have Keely here, um, and we are so excited to talk about uh whatever Keely wants sex cooters coochies (laughs) orgasms the female anatomy all of that stuff that's taboo that shouldn't be fucking taboo all the goodies um I mean in my opinion the the biggest like underlying problem with like taboo around sex is religion like that's the the biggest one and I find it so extremely interesting that sex has been like suppressed and manipulated at the same time because it's manipulated by the media obviously Mm -hmm. and then it's suppressed by majority of religions um and it just speaks to the power of what sex actually is Mm -hmm. um so i don't know like if we should like talk energetics first, Britt, I know you kind of wanted to, to chat on like masculine, feminine energy, um, kind of because truly what, what sex is, is it's, it's mimicking, um, the, the energetic melding of what creation is. Yeah. So if, if, do you guys know what fractals are? I'm going to try and explain, explain fractals. I feel like I've heard them before, but I probably heard them from you. (laughs) Yeah. So, so a a fractal equation is where you have this equation, right? And then you take the answer from that equation and insert it back into the equation. And that's the equation. It just keeps going and going and going, but what it produces on the other end is this image that is pretty much like the same image on all levels and it just keeps going for infinity mm-hmm. and that's what the reality that we live in is built on like it it it's how nature it's the equation that nature is built on like when um video game builders or whatever you call them are they builders creators well, video game creators build like false realities they use fractal equations to build mountains to build trees to build landscapes um and down to so like even down to just the molecular level the the subatomic level all the way up through galaxies that's how everything's built Mm -hmm. so if you follow the principle as so within so without as above so below which are hermetic principles that's how The mind also functions. That's how the spirit also functions. Everything is a reflection of everything else. So there's a point to all this. Going back, you have like the original one energy that split into two, that split into four, that split, and it keeps going and going and going. That very original split is the split into masculine and feminine, dark and light. And those combinations are what creates absolutely everything else. And everything else has this, you know, ebb and flow of, uh, okay, maybe it's 50% masculine, 70, 50% feminine, 30, 70, all the way down. So sex itself is us coming back to that original 
melding of energies. And it, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, girl on girl, guy on guy, male, female, whatever, because we're not talking biology. We're talking energy. So like the, the physical body itself is just one dimension of the being that you actually are. So sex is mimicking the, the, the feminine energy receiving however you want to receive it. Um, the masculine, which like, why is that? (laughs) Why is that so taboo? Mm -hmm. Literally doesn't make sense. It's so taboo because it's so damn powerful to step into that like creator mode that mm-hmm. everybody has with it and, and realize, okay, I'm, this is literally like a, an avenue to the, to the divine. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of many things that are better than like a mind blowing orgasm. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people can, but <laughs> I, <laughs> like, so like with all of this, right. Like you have such this like deep understanding of things and like creation and things as they are. And it, it kind of like you have like an is what it is mentality. And like, how did you, how did you discover you were so like interested in all of this? Like all of this. Yeah. Like how, cause I want to talk about you. Like, I want to talk about like how you like, Ma'am, got there, you know, goes way back. So um, I actually, I grew up in a pretty rough environment. Um, My dad was a narcissistic drug addict, um, uh, abusive, more more physically abusive towards my mom, but like verbally abusive on all levels, highly disrespectful to women, just like he's, it's, it's really interesting because he embodies everything that I don't wanna be. So like, it was a nice example. It was a good example of like, hey, don't be this. Um, and, and my mom just kind of like let it happen, but also instigated it at the same time. So like, there was no love there whatsoever. Um, and, and I have a lot of siblings, I'm one of seven. So like, attention was kind of hard to come by. Um, I grew up raising my younger brothers. Um, so (laughs) when I was like 14, 15 years old, I'm sitting there listening to like parenting CDs at the time they were CDs, not podcasts. Um, (laughs) just reading books and stuff. And I, I realized I didn't fully understand what love was and how to do it because it's, um, love is a skill. It's not, it's not genuinely inherent. I think, I think we come in as love and then it's programmed out, but it can be relearned. Um, and, and love, especially the word love in the, Eng- in the English language is extremely limited. Like I love my boyfriend versus I love my pillow. <sighs> Two totally different versions of love. Um, so I kind of started out on a journey. I was, uh, it, it, it really switched on when I was about 17 to simply discover what 
love was and how to do it well. Um, that led to just exploring different religions. I actually went to school to be a pastor for a short stint, which I love bringing that up in the strip club. That's I, wild. I just, I think it's hilarious um, because I actually use my job at, at the strip club at like, I, I have cosmic conversations at the strip club. And that's like my little secret, like, cause people are really open-minded there. Um, I've been, I've, I just want to say, I've seen Keely at her job and it was great. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I was so stoked you guys came. You don't even know. You know yeah, it's awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, I've, I've always been like a super sensitive kid too. Like I came out the womb telling my mom I wanted to be a dancer and I was singing all that. Like I'm heavily in my feminine energy, but growing up in a rough environment, I had to shut it down because I was too sensitive too sensitive so like all all this journey really was me coming back to my feminine energy um but fast forward I I I went to school to be a pastor for a short stint um was really turned off by how disconnected um everybody was from divinity because like I had experienced the, uh, a very literal like come to Jesus moment because um, growing up in in that rough environment like I said I shut all my emotions down I couldn't cry I couldn't feel anything and I was like well I don't know what to do like I know this is wrong I can't fucking feel uh, um, and I, I reached out to the divine for help and at that moment I started crying and I was like whoa like there's there's something actually cooking here. Um, then I, I, I got out of the Christian church, um, just because it, like, it was, it was super, none of it made sense to me. Like majority of the people there hadn't even completely read the text that they were worshiping. Um, all the rules didn't make sense. Like just a lot of it was like, this seems like, just people telling people what to do that like it doesn't this doesn't feel like actual connection um and then that just led to more searching um but then in 2020 uh I started really heavily meditating um and I asked the universe to give me a sign like an undeniable in your face like there's no way it could be anything else sign that I was communicating with it. Um, and three days later, which three is a really significant number, it's uh, the number of divinity, the number of the creator. Three days later at 11, 11, I had a vision and it was like eyeballs open vision. Um, and it was the, the, the best thing I can use to describe it was like seeing God, like seeing the one. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. Like the way I felt it, it was like, um, like a full body orgasm times like a million and six. It was like pure bliss. I couldn't speak. <laughs> My only reaction after it happened, and it was like a split second vision, just like, boom, just like download. Um, but my only reaction was weeping. It took me like 30 minutes to calm down. And by the time I could calm down, my brother who was with me at, 
at the time when this happened, he was the only one that knew I was heavily meditating. I was at a party <laughs> when this happened. So it was really inconvenient. Um, I, I told him, I was like, I want to die right now. Like, I want to die and go not in like a morbid way, but like, wow, like, holy shit, that's what this is. Um, but clearly I'm not dead. So like, I got shit to do here. And, and I, like, when that happened, the, the message that I, I really felt like that was downloaded into my heart was um, this, this larger being just wants to communicate and co-create. That's it. That's all it wants. Just wants relationship and it, it, it wants to build. That's all. Just be open. Do you think that's why humans tend to like, well, I, I think I'm a human that like craves energy and craves Mm -hmm. like feelings. And a lot of times I'll, I feel as though I'm like too, I don't know if it's too sensitive, but it's like the, the, what I'm asking from other people, as far as connection is just too much for them. Like, it's like almost like, but it's like how I feel all the time. Like I want that. And as I grow older, I want it even more. Um, and I think that everyone in their life at some point feels that way, but Mm -hmm. do you think that that's why humans tend to like grow into that or they start feeling like they want true connection and they start to notice when things aren't really real as far as like love and connection with the people around them they start to notice that whether it be like they're younger or they're older but they definitely feel it and once they start feeling it they start seeking other things um and so I think that's one of the reasons why people tend to like move around a lot uh, Mm um because in the end, they're, they're searching for something always, something yeah. greater than what they already have, which yeah. they cannot get to. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? it's, so it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's really similar to like chasing a high. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, like you don't have to chase it because like the, the deepest, most beautiful connections and, and the, the most fullness I have is when I'm meditating, like within myself, like when I meditate, I'm not just like, all right, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to like, let my thoughts go. That's part of it. That's part of it. But my intention in meditation is always to connect back to source. It's prayer. And, and like living that, that life that you're talking about of like that deep and pure connection is literally living a life of continual prayer, whether it's with the divine or in consort with other humans, because those are also aspects of the divine. We go back to fractals. You, you put the original answer into the equation. So that original answer is in absolutely everything else. Like every being is simply a fractalization of divinity, but in the, you had mentioned that you're very sensitive and you want that deep connection and being able to be sensitive and feel fully, um, which is why I preach, like, don't fucking don't stuff your feelings. That is, that's like one of the superpowers of a human being, because we have this huge variety in our reality of emotions, whether they're a deep pain, like deep pain, or immense joy, we can feel all of it. But most people were, were taught to shut that down because it's it's inconvenient or like, you know, it, it, but what else is there? 
like at the end what of the else day, is there but the connection the day, you live through your emotions yeah yeah anything else is like even in the sport of bodybuilding I think right like you're Mm -hmm. the concisest in bodybuilding is like shut off your emotions don't let your like don't let your your emotions get in the way of goals for yourself yeah but I don't I don't think that you need to shut off your emotions to be successful I feel like one of the reasons why you become successful is because you're intuitive enough to understand where your emotions are taking you and 100%. if you, if your, if your emotions are taking you to bodybuilding, then all of that is going to be in bodybuilding and in your, and you're going to stick to your protocol. Cause yeah. you're like, I feel so strongly. It's always like, I feel so strongly uh-huh. about this, that mm-hmm. like, I'm going to continue to do it because if I didn't feel strongly about being, you know, doing, you know, bodybuilding and being in this lifestyle and gaining muscle and going to, like, if I didn't feel strongly about it, like it was for me, I wouldn't do it. Like, exactly. I wouldn't do it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be connecting with you right now. Cause that's our main, that was our main way that we met. Right. Like, and so I, I think it's always interesting, like to hear your perspectives and then hear kind of the, the concisest in bodybuilding um, perspectives when you're an, also a very like successful competitor, like you're very good at what you do. Like, so there's, there has to be a medium to me. There has to be a way that like, it doesn't have to be this way or that way. It can be many ways. And there's that like, that idea of a spectrum. Like it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, there's, there's not one definition of love. Well, there is, there is in the English language, but we know that saying I love my mom is different than I am in love with that person over there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's very different. So, and I think it could be the same way when it comes to like how you describe how you should go about your goals in life in general. Yeah. I mean, it's like, even with bodybuilding, if you don't, (laughs) if you don't have passion for it, if you don't have like, like for me, when I first started bodybuilding, I started doing it. um, A, I wanted to look cool. Um, B, who doesn't want a trophy for having a great body, like, and C, I was already doing it, but then I, I really got into it and I realized that bodybuilding is such a, it's so prep is an extended fast prep can be spiritual growth accelerated like a motherfucker. You grow up a little more every time, every time. Oh my God. it makes prep so much more bearable when you look at it that way you're like okay I'm intentionally weakening my body to build the strength of my spirit but like if if you're not willing to feel full spectrum of everything like I think people confuse feeling emotions with holding on to emotions so like right now um I just came off primo a couple of weeks ago Right. So like if you've, if you've been on any sort of peds, regardless of who you are, when you come off, like your emotions get a little, they get a little wonky. So like right now, I know for me, I need to be really, really careful with not holding on to any emotions. And I literally just let them pass through. Like last night, I felt like I needed to cry. So guess what? I'm going to sit and I'm going to cry while I watch cartoons and then I'm not holding on to it it's not a big deal. I think 
people, especially like, especially in the sports and business world, masculine energy is like, oh, like people worship it. Mm-hmm. People worship it. But the, like you said, the most successful business people are not those that just sit in that push energy. Cause that's what the, like uh, uh, ramping it back into sex. Let's just look at, at anatomy as an example of what masculine versus feminine energy does. So what does a penis do? A penis shoot things. It shoots things forward. It penetrates things. It's, it's moving forward. It literally like becomes erect. Like there's a lot of movement with a penis where a vagina is receiving, it'll swell up. It'll become juicy. It's inviting. It's, it's welcoming in. Um, and, and that's, that's masculine and feminine energy, like to the T. So like, even in symbolism, masculine energy is an upward penetrating triangle. Feminine is a downward fuck. I can't, it's not, I can't think of the name. It's not phallus. Oh, brain fart. But anywho, it's, it's receipt chalice. That's what it is. Um, so if, if you look at it like that and then bring it back to business and bodybuilding, we need that balance. Everyone's in this push, push, push and, and kind of hold the emotions down. It works much better if you just allow, that's what, that's what the feminine energy is. It's allowing, it's surrendering. Um, it's receiving, it's not being submissive. That's a totally different thing. It's not being passive. That's totally different. Feminine energy is very active. Like if you look at the female orgasm, what's it, what's it doing? There's like a pulse in a pole. That's a very, that's an active movement. It's not just like doing nothing. Um, so like for me within bodybuilding and and kind of growing through bodybuilding, it taught me how to go inside without bodybuilding, without Mark telling me, hey, you need to chill the fuck out because (laughs) you're not able to recover. I wouldn't have ever started meditating. I wouldn't have started to go inside. Um, And and that's the feminine energy, the pull inward. I kind of got on a tangent there. I don't even know. Oh, I got it. No, it's cool. What we said. <laughs> it's cool because no, what what I wanted to say after that was the best athletes know how to push and pull. Yeah. They have they have mastered it. There's no, there's not just a, I'm gonna keep going and I can't balance this and I like I'm not able to there's no there's those are the ones that are good at first and then they slowly decline. And they can't, they can no longer push forward or they can no longer push forward or move forward in bodybuilding until they learn how to receive and to pull back and to, um, and to, and to just be who they are. Because a lot of it is distraction. I think Um, a lot of overworking tends to be, I need to be distracted. I need Mm. to, I need to uh, not think um, and only be focused on something else. At least that's how it was for me when I was doing all that. It was yeah, like, uh, it was like, I couldn't, uh, sit with myself. I mm-hmm. couldn't sit and think, um, mm-hmm. I had to be doing something so that I didn't need to do that. Eventually yeah. I went to Mark because I was like, I can tell that I'm not going to be the best athlete that I can be. And what did he tell me to do? He told me to start taking rest days. 
and he yeah. told me to start walking less. And yeah. in doing so, I remember at first feeling so vulnerable. Like I was like in my, I would take a rest day and I would have one day where I would stay home all day um, and just like kind of do my own thing. And, like- and I'm like, I remember being in my room. I had a roommate at the time and I was like, I feel so weird. Like I'm, I'm having all these thoughts about what other things I could be doing. And like <laughs> all of like the th- thoughts, even pain, even resurfacing mm-hmm. pain was starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is weird. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it took a little while. Like now I, um, I'm excited to sit with myself. Um, and even I have, I have better coping strategies when I'm like in pain or when I'm just chilling. Um, mm-hmm. And so now if something comes up in life, I don't just go work it off. Now I'll sit and I'll like, I don't actually meditate, but I'll meditate quote on it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so um, the best, all in all to say like the best athletes are the ones that know how to push and pull. Um, 100%. And they're, and they have mastered that. Um, yeah. IFBB pro Olympians, they like, there are some like Dexter Jackson, for example, um, he would take, and this is, you have to understand what level these men are at, like what, what type of level they are at. After the Olympia, he takes like months, he would take like months off and just, you know, just chill. Like, and he was going to be a normal person. And most people would be like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the way he did it. And he had the longest career of any or of any successful professional bodybuilder and won every single show in the IFBB, including the Olympia. He had the best. Yeah. So like, and he was, he is the type that would be like, no, I don't know why these young people, like they'll go and they'll continue to keep pushing after like days after their show. He's like, I take weeks off, months off. Um, and, but he, and he, he did this, did it until he was over 50 and he looks like people who they were, who were in their twenties. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about that balance. And, and I like, I love the, the simplicity of it. When you start looking at everything as, as the balance between masculine and feminine, everything just, it becomes so simple and so obvious and you can see it like right in front of your face and you're like, oh, well, these need to work in consort. And as soon as one becomes a little more dominant than the other, we start to get some issues piling up. But um, it's bodybuilding really is such a beautiful lifestyle to live when it's balanced like that. Right. Um, when it is and I balanced. love that I love that Mark taught like all of us to chill the fuck out. <laughs> no, he did. He's he's always like, you know, um he's one of those people that'll tell you to take your emotions out of it. And he does that. Yeah, I want to punch him every time he says that. <laughs> but he he does that um he makes it simple though for himself. Yeah. That's how he makes yeah. it simple. He's like, okay, yeah. if this isn't working, I'm just gonna not I'm not going to deal with it. Like this is, this is because his passion and his feelings about bodybuilding trump all of wanting to deal with. I think that's what it is. I think it's, he has so much emotion toward his career and as a coach, his marriage with Jocelyn and -hmm. bodybuilding in general, that he has no other room. Like he has no other room to sit there and try and decipher anything. He's like, in order for me to be elite at all of these things, I have to do X, Y, and Z over here. And if that means that I say, 
I don't, I, I can't deal with emotions and I'm just going to stick to my protocol to make everything work. Then that's what he's going to do. Yeah. But if you ask him like, why do you do this? Like, why, like, why do you feel like he's going to be like, I don't, yeah. but he does in a way, he just doesn't like really care to identify with it. It just doesn't matter to him. So he won't, he's not yeah. going to do anything. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. so simple as that. Simple yeah. as that. And he's like deep down, Mark is, Mark is pretty sensitive. Yeah, I think so. Those too. cancers, but those cancers. Okay. So oh, yeah. on, like, I don't want this to be about him, but like <laughs> in person, he's so much more, uh, you see a lot more of him mm-hmm. on the inside when you're yeah. with him in person. And it's, oh, yeah. it's very interesting for me to watch him do. Yeah. Um, he, he gets excited easily. Um, he's very like open. He's very open-minded too. Mm-hmm. Um, Extremely. Where most people would not see that in him. If you were a client that didn't know him outside of that. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I've, I've honestly, learned so like mark and i have a weird relationship because i had such a shitty upbringing with masculine energy um between mark and my boyfriend right now they've really helped me um heal my personal connection to masculine energy um because if if you don't feel safe it's very hard to relax into your feminine energy. You are spot it's, on. You are like, so you have to feel it's impossible and safe. Like, especially when your, your feminine energy is, I imagine for you is very dominant. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and sometimes for me, it's dominant in some ways. And sometimes it's not. Um, mm-hmm. But I noticed that with men in general, I'm very like, if I don't feel safe um, and I don't feel secure, it, it's wild. And yeah, I'm wild. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. It's and I mean that that comes back to just kind of like like the roles that those energies play. Like the the masculine is is supposed to I don't want to say be the caretaker and protector, but those are like the best words. It's it's supposed to kind of act as the soil for the flower of the feminine to bloom. Um, and, and when it doesn't do that, when, when the mat, so like masculine and feminine energy have their light side and they have their dark side. Um, and we're currently coming out of an age of the dark side of masculine energy, this control suppression, um, power struggles, um, that push, 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 push. We're coming out of that age into an age of balance. What's, what's really cool is you can look at um, the development of humanity as a Kundalini awakening. So in, in someone's personal Kundalini awakening, you're clearing each chakra, okay, to reach up to the higher realms. So then you can act literally as this anchor of um, physicality. So like the whole, the whole game that we're playing here is anchor divine energy onto earth. That's, that's the whole game that we're playing. But like right now, humanity itself is transitioning out of the solar plexus, which is a very masculine dominant chakra. It's that push it's willpower. It's go, go, go. 
Um, it's ruled by the sun. Sometimes it's represented by a lion. And we're transitioning into the heart chakra, which is integration. So the heart chakra is, is the integration point between the lower chakras and the higher chakras. So the integration between 3D and higher dimensions. Um, and it's also the integration point between the masculine and feminine. So like your, your sacral chakra, which is like right by your womb space is more so ruled by feminine energy. So it's at the heart chakra that those combine. And we can see that happening in the world, which is like just super dope. It's, it's, we live in such a fucking cool time to like, we're, we are all here. If you're alive right now at this point, like you are part of this active awakening, like your soul literally decided to incarnate on earth at this time to act in this like grand cosmic play of bringing divinity anchored deeply into this planet. How fucking cool is that? Like high five us let's so like go. you know how you know how earlier you said like when you had your moment of like you mm -hmm. just you, the first time you connected with the divine as you say like you would you you were like I want to die like I'm gonna be like <laughs> it's like, that beautiful like I want to like I want to be oh, yeah. back in that realm but I'm not dead so I have a task here yeah do you think that that's true for everyone so like so you're saying like we're in this divine like time, well, we're in this time of transition. Mm -hmm. um, so do you think there's a reason why each person is in this time of transition that is kind of like here today, you know? 100%. Cause 100%. My, my, dad, my dad is a lot like you, uh, my dad, or you're a lot like, it doesn't really matter, but like yeah. you're a lot like each other. Um, he was asked like last, he does things like look up the number three or look up the number 12 and tell me the, oh, yeah. number, tell me the significance in a few days. Like he's like that. Yeah. Um, and he was telling me yesterday, he was like, if you are still on this earth, it means that you have, he was like, I, I know that my dad lives a very like hippie. I, people would say it's a hippie lifestyle. Yeah. He lives on the streets. Um, he is somebody that's not materialistic. He's very yeah. just like, I have what I have and what I can carry. And that's what I am. Um, and he was telling me, like, I know that I haven't really had the lifestyle that people would see as something they should be proud of. Like, mm -hmm. but he was like, I know that I'm here for a reason. Um, and I think that he'll he'll tell me like what he feels and what he's seen for himself. My mm -hmm. dad feels as though like, if you feel very strongly about something. So for me, it's, you know, coaching or it's changing my career path. Like, he's like, once you start feeling like, you are being pulled. He was like, it's because you've seen it already. Like mm -hmm. that's his mindset. He's like, mm -hmm. the things that you're here for are like, they're already there. Um, mm -hmm. And you just have to, it, you don't really, he was like, you don't really have a choice. Like, no. it's, uh, you know, that's how his, that's how, that's how mm -hmm. he works. He's like, you don't have a choice. You're always going to do what you feel is is right for you and it's he was like it's very separate from emotion um emotion is to him at least he's like emotion it sometimes can cloud like our feelings and what we truly are meant to be mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what we do a lot of is thinking but instead you want to like quiet yourself and just be part and married to whatever your path is yeah. um, and so when you talk, it reminds me of him because that's, that's how he is. He'll text me and be, he texts me on all types of different numbers all the time. He never is in one place. 
Um, and he'll hit me up randomly and be like, tell me what the number 12 means. Like I'm supposed to figure out what number 12 means in the next 48 hours. Like, <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, cause like you're, I believe that there isn't, there's not a soul here that came here or leaves without consent, period. Like, I think people die when they're ready to go, period. Um, and and it's it's not even, like, I don't even like the word death because it's, like, death isn't real. Truly everything is eternal. It's, everything's just recycling. Like, nothing actually dies. Um, and it, like, even if your purpose here, so, like, the purpose... Um, that my, we'll, we'll take, for example, my own father, the purpose that he served for me was, was it pleasant growing up like that? No, no, but truly without him, I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't be able to formulate the questions that I formulated at a young age. I wouldn't have experienced everything I experienced. I'd like, and when you look at everything like that, like everything does fit perfectly. Everyone plays a part. Um, and there's this, this beautiful, um, like story that I read about, uh, Christ and, and what happened when Christ got back up to heaven. Um, and, and him and Judas were like, yo, appreciate you, buddy. You know, because like, Judas had to play that role for Christ to be able to play his role. And when you start looking at everything from, from that manner, it's like, you're, you're able to even love deeply the people that have hurt you the most, because without that pain, you wouldn't have developed or been able to do whatever you're able to, you know? And then I, I, I say all the time, everything is always perfect. And I always win because it's always true. Like, I think that aspect yeah. right there is the biggest thing that actually helped me work through and not necessarily get over, but to heal from my severe depression and insomnia. Um, oh, yeah. a couple of years or not a couple of years ago, a couple few months ago, really. And Keely, I know you were a big support in that. And even though I wasn't ready to receive all that you had to offer because your meditation coaching was, was beautiful, but like, I had to work through so many more of my demons before I was able to be fully receptive yeah. of what you were telling me. But even to this day, I still implement the practices that you taught me and you're right. Like not without having to go through that really dark time, there's no way in hell that I would appreciate where I'm at in life now. Yeah. And although it's not where I want to be, it's where I need to be. It's where I am. And I need to yeah. focus on that because just because I'm here, doesn't mean I won't be over there. I'll be over there when I'm meant to be over there. And I think so many people, especially like, you know, maybe coming back to bodybuilding is they're so fucking results focused that they don't enjoy this journey. They don't enjoy each and every day to the fullest. They're just like, take my emotions out of it, hit protocol. And it's like, yeah, but like, how are you hitting protocol? Are you hitting it with a joyful heart? Are you learning something new about yourself? Or are you just hitting your numbers because your coach told you to like be enthralled in this process? Because at yeah. the end of the day, you are 
paying for. It is for your personal development, whether it's physique mm-hmm. development, or maybe it's like a, a health coach, maybe it's just a health journey, or maybe it's like a um, journey with a, not like a therapist, but maybe like a spiritual coach, like all of these things. If you get a coach, it's to be better, but it's not to be better because they're telling you to be better. It's to be better. So you actually become better and enjoy this journey this process. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I actually, um, when, when I'm going through a dark time, my boyfriend hates that I do this, but screw him, love him, but screw him. Um, I will, I will ask myself, okay, when else have I felt this emotion in the past? So let's say I, I, I feel deeply betrayed and my heart hurts from being betrayed. I'm going to use that now since I'm already feeling the feeling of being betrayed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and amplify it. I'm going to ask myself, all right, when in my past did I also feel betrayed? I'm going to feel all of that right now. I'm going to pull it up all right now. And then I'm going to release it. And then it's Mm -hmm. gone. So like negative experiences are, they're fucking powerhouses. Like if I'm going through a dark time, I'm like, all right, it's a trampoline at the bottom. We about to bounce right back out, but it fucking, it's, it sucks when it's happening, but might as well use it, you know, might as well amplify it and, and see what you can pull out of that because the diamonds are always diamonds are made under pressure, you know? Um, but have we have like barely talked about sex. <laughs> we can like, start. Kinda. We can, I mean, I mean, we can start. But these are like, that's what makes amazing sex is the mm-hmm. spiritual aspect. Like I've had partners that are absolutely gorgeous. Their skill set is fantastic. That's great. But if I can't look you in the eyes and feel my soul connect with yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Legitimately, like the sex, eh, like so it's two you, bodies. Do you it's two bodies. That, do you think that love is the emotion of love is necessary for that to happen or for you to feel that? And I, what I actually, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, why is it that, okay, so <clears throat> if, I, okay, so I, I'm not saying that I don't agree with monogamy because I, I am, I want to be with one person. So that, that is, that is just where I am and who I am, but like to have that, right. To have like a beautiful experience and sex to me, like the only thing that creates that for me is to be, to, to like love someone and to be, Mm -hmm. to be open enough to be myself in that moment. And that doesn't happen with me with strangers, like, yeah. I just, I can't, I can't do it. Like, yeah. at least, or maybe I haven't been put in enough situations to try and do that. But most people would say like, you need to be in love for that to happen. So I'm asking you, like, do you have a different opinion on that? Like, do you feel uh, differently about like, like soulful connection without the idea of having to necessarily be in love? Like, um, I actually, it's, it's really funny that you asked that because I just started, uh, writing a post on this, mm-hmm. um, on, on like the foundations for amazing sex. Um, and you know, once again, the English language limits the word love so, so much. Um, 
I think for sex to be all that it can be, a deep respect, appreciation, awe, um, I'm trying to avoid using the word love, Mm -hmm. Um, enjoyment, connection, all needs to be present for that sexual encounter to be all that it can be. Um, Whether you as a human can hold that for just one person or multiple people, if you have so much love that it's spilling over and you can connect deeply with multiple people, great. Most people can't be that invested. Um, If even if like, let's say, let's use the the crazy example of like a, a one night stand. A one night stand could still be absolutely amazing if when you meet this person, you, there's a mutual respect. You're literally like, you need to be honoring the divinity in the other person. And like that, that needs to be the baseline, not sexual attraction, not, oh, hey, you got a great man meat. You know, like it's for, for sex to be amazing there. in in, in my opinion, there has to be the, the honoring of one another. Um, and, and whether or not you want to call it love, like for me, yeah, the most amazing sex I've had is when I'm deeply in love with someone. It, it's, you're literally putting someone else's body into your body, you know, like physically you can't get closer. So then when you bring on the energetic level of that, when you truly want to like merge with someone, you, you have to love them, you know, whether it's almost it's, like you're not seeing them, like seeing them with your eyes, but you're seeing yeah. them almost like with your third eye, like actually yeah. like observing them, who they are as a person and not just yeah. like for their physicality. Yeah. Um, that's, like I said, it's, it's truly, if you can't look the person in the eyes and see their soul while you're having sex, it, it's, it's just not going to be all that can't be. I'm not saying don't do it because have I done it? Yeah. Plenty of times. And I'm, I'm happy for those experiences because it, it showed me like, Oh, Hey, you know, like, this isn't, that's not all like, you know, like you're super hot and like, this is fun. This is a good day. This is recreational, but it's not feeding my soul. So like, do I really want to do it? Mm-hmm. Not really. And it's, it's all a matter of truly it's a, it's a matter of honoring. Like, do you want to honor each other? Do you want to honor the act of sex? Do you want to, you know, um, and I think both of you would absolutely love Tantra. So Tantra is so beautiful. Um, tantra in Sanskrit actually means to weave. Um, and, and it's pretty much like the art of high sex. So turning, like, I pray before sex now. I, I set an intention. I set a prayer before sex. Um, I, I dedicate my sex to the opening of myself. Like I dedicate my orgasm to whatever at that time I'm working on myself with. Um, and, and taking those steps, I kid you not, like the orgasms have been 
absolutely mind-blowing when you start just like anything else when you start putting more actual intention into it and putting more curiosity into it and like when when you're pleasing someone else so like giving oral or something like that really looking at it as like I'm especially as a woman I'm I'm surrendering myself to you to give you deep pleasure so you can have this this beautiful experience on your end um and like in my opinion that's that's the key to giving amazing oral is like mentally being mm-hmm. in it like let me do whatever it is just to see you in in deep ecstasy um and even like like when when having sex like when penetration is involved um i have my partner imagine like penetrating deep into my heart like literally sending energetic love into my heart and i'm very literally thinking let me receive him and like all of those things matter so much and 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 turning the bedroom into honestly a place of worship like it it's you're worshiping and honoring each other through the the mimicking of the primal act of creation and because when it comes down to it like we're all fractals of the original energy so we're all god we're like just i know right so like (laughs) the using the body of as an example as above so below as within so without is the cell in your finger any less you no it's still very much you it still carries all of your genetic information it's just expressing as a cell um i also like to use the i'll bring it up because i'm a nerd got my prism i get i keep my prism close um the the white light going into a prism is just distorted by the prism that's why it comes out all different colors but it's just distorted by the prism it doesn't change that it's still the white light and that's we live in a universe made of light that's we're like these holograms that we've convinced are as real as we think they are um we're all just the original energy so so bringing it back to seeing that other person seeing yourself as gods and goddesses creating this beautiful magic it's it man it 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 changes sex like crazy and like i've i've struggled because i'm somebody that's just highly sexual and uh, i always felt um like dirty or guilty about it but i'm just highly sexual i think it's a beautiful thing um i i the the feminine energy can be this like very seductive sensual thing and um i was told growing up that that was wrong so i pushed it aside um but what happens with with most people um that are very deeply well well women in general like women in general but then also if you grow up in a if you grow up in a household that is very religious um Mm -hmm. it's something that is pushed away from you and is seen as something that is bad and it should not yeah. be done. 
Um, yeah. But in doing so, I find that people end up, I f- there, again, like there's, there's a toxic way to do sex. There's a possessive sure. way to do sex, right? Like there's a way that definitely not healthy. And mm-hmm. there's another way that can be very awesome and very like, yep very enlightening especially when you're in a relationship or you're getting to know someone it can be something that connects you further um but I find with people that suppress these things um and again women and people in very religious households find what I find with them is I don't want to say it's mental health but they they suppress a lot of who they are Mm -hmm. like they end up suppressing a lot of like they end up needing to find, they, they find it later, like, or they, they might try to trickle into it later when they're not in the environment that's doing that to them. Um, but naturally they're, they're very curious. Mm-hmm. Um, but they find a lot of shame being curious. So they'll hide it. Um, I did this, like when I started watching porn, when I was, you know, younger, like I'd watch it and be like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I just You're like, oh. I was like, and you know, and I, and I was like, and I liked it, like, and, and it yeah. became something that was, um, so it was, I hit it, right? Like I hit it. I remember. So the first time this is really deep. So I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to be around the podcast. Let it out, girl. The, first time, the first time I ever had an orgasm, I was in the third grade and I've, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I was, I didn't even think like looking back, is that even possible? but I did like, oh, 100% I was in, I was in a hot tub and I had an yeah. orgasm and I was, I wanted to go back to the hot tub all the time because yeah. I was like, Oh my God, like that hot tub, like <laughs> that hot tub. But I was so young. Like I was so young yeah. and I couldn't tell anyone. I felt like I couldn't tell anyone like, yeah. as, and I didn't even know what it was, but all I knew is that that shit felt good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it felt fire. Like, let, let me get more. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't talk about it and I didn't know what it was until I actually had sex. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's what that hot tub was. Like, yeah. And, but I remember feeling so dirty every time my mom, I would ask my mom to take me to the pool and mm-hmm. we would go to the pool and I'd just sit in the hot tub waiting for it to happen again. Um, it was, yeah, it was like very, it's very innocent, right? Like it's very, but I yeah. it's something that was so powerful that I like could not, I wouldn't stop thinking about it for years after that. Yeah. And, um, and, but I, I felt so bad about it. I was like, I can't mm-hmm. tell anyone. Yeah. I don't know even how this happened. And I'm probably pregnant. I started thinking I was pregnant because of it. I, I did again. And again, I didn't even know what you it just was. Said, oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that, it's like, I was in a household that I was told like, do not like, you're not, you're, mm-hmm do not be anything but ladylike and um no to boys no Mm -hmm. to none any of that uh and don't explore it like I didn't really even talk to my parents about sex I think ever I never Mm -hmm. had a conversation with them it was never something that was uh what they like that was like this is normal like this is normal for you to feel this way as you grow up it was like don't talk about that yeah yeah. And then as I got older, I started being a lot more curious. Um, I had, everybody calls it a whole phase, but like you, you, I, I call it the curious phase. I call it, I like the, that better. I like, I call it the, like, 
I'm, I'm understanding why I feel this way. And yeah. in order to understand it, I need to put myself, I'm going to put myself in situations to understand what this, what's going on. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I find that people in households like that and, and women, they, they f- are curious later because they're not able to be curious then. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's actually the complete almost opposite of my, like, uh, should we call it a sexual awakening? Like, I like, obviously when you're a kid, like you kind of feel like the urge to merge is like what my mom calls it. Kind of like when you're a kid, when things are starting to like wake up down there, but because I was raped and sexually abused when I was 15, I had zero interest in sex, zero, what had nothing to do with it. Cause sex was painful. It was something that was not receiving. It was being taken mm. and it was dirty. And then pair that with a Christian household. Not only are you to blame for the rape, and you ask for it and it's your fault and you don't talk about it. So you pair that with being just violated and then, oh, it's also your fault. You were violated. Mm-hmm. I, you know, even getting married, I still have a hard time with sex. Like, yes, I am sexually attracted to my husband, but like to be vulnerable with him, I wasn't, I think I was 22 when I had my first orgasm and it wasn't even during sex it was because I bought a vibrator. Cause I had no idea what an orgasm was until I had that excessive like clitoral stimulation. And I think a lot of women feel that they're broken if they can't have an orgasm off of penetration alone. And that's not the case. Like, at least I learned that for myself, that like, even when I'm deeply in love and feel loved by my spouse, like just penetration alone, it doesn't do it for me. It just yes. doesn't. But you add in like a sex toy or something like that. It's like, oh, hell yeah. Like, let's go. And you feel that orgasm and you feel it like in the fucking tips of your toes. And like, you just feel it with your whole body. Like it's taken me a long time to develop that. It honestly has because sex for me was something that was shameful. It was vile. It was not loving. It was something that you give or it's going to be fucking taken from you and Mm -hmm. you just better accept it. So like, it's taken me a long time to like actually look forward to sex. And even then it's still something that's like, that gives me sometimes anxiety, especially if I'm not feeling like a certain way in my own skin. Cause again, you have to like want to receive that sex and you have to want to give that sex. Like it's a receiving and a a giving thing, but you have to be in it with yourself in order to actually like want to, you know, be vulnerable with yourself and with your spouse. And like I said, I still fucking struggle to this day. I know like we're being real. So that's like my, that's my like, come to come to Jesus moment with my sexual prowess. Yeah. That's, I mean, that. How has that impacted or how do you move through that with your marriage and with Eric? At first, I didn't tell him. I, you know, faked the orgasm, but it's not that I faked it because I thought I had to. I faked it because I didn't understand. It was like, I didn't know what the fuck it was. I didn't have a hot tub experience. Like I didn't, I just, I didn't even know it was until I had, like I said, that extreme simulation where I was like, oh shit, I'm finally starting to feel something. And then when it happens, like it was like a flower blooming, you know? Um, but once I did kind of figure out there was a lot of mental blockage toward our sexual, like, like just time, I had to be honest. You have to be honest in those circumstances. Cause if not, he's going to think it's his fault or he's going to think it's him or something that has to do with him. And that's going to degrade him. And that's going to make him question himself. And again, sex should be together, but it should be a receiving and taking. So if he thinks it's his fault, then that's going to damage him. And it's not his fault. It's not anyone's fault, but it's something that I struggle with. So I have to be open and honest with him being like, Hey, like right now I'm not feeling safe. I'm not feeling safe enough to have sex. Can we do something else? 
And it's like, you have to understand that sex and that intimacy is not just about penetration. It could be like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, Hey, I'm not, I can't receive right now, but I can give let's do oral instead. And we still bond together, you know? So just about, again, communication, which is so taboo, but it has to be communicative. Yeah. Huge, huge communication is, I mean, that, that situation happened with me last night. Um, I had to tell my partner, I was like, I'm just mentally, I'm not, this is great. You're doing a great job, but like, I'm just not, Yeah, I can't relax right now. I got, I got a little too much in, in my head, but that's um, with men, especially they don't fully understand that. And, and it's, it's our job as women to kind of train them yeah. because as a woman, like you aren't going to come if you can't relax. Mm-mm. And that is the biggest hindrance for women is, is not being able to a mentally relax, but be physically relax the muscles of your pelvis. Mm. Um, and, and we can go into how even just like, as women we're taught, we need to be tiny. We need mm-hmm. to be sucked up and in. And then when you start training yourself like that, it's very hard to learn how to relax. And especially in bodybuilding, we're fucking, we're yanking our waist trainers nice and tight. We're keeping that belt nice and tight. We're constantly pulling up and in just to stabilize. Um, and it's, it's that, that relaxing is such a, it's such a feminine energy thing mm-hmm. to be able to just, oh. um, and if, if that's not happening, the, like you said, the communication between you and your partner, um, start to teach your partner, like, Hey, we can't just, you can't just start like playing with my kitty and, and expect things. Maybe you need a massage before you mm-hmm. go in. Maybe you, you personally need to take a bath before you guys have sex. Maybe you need to meditate. Maybe your partner needs to rub you down with, with oils. Maybe there needs to be candles. Like the environment itself um, is, is huge. And sure, you like it's not going to be like that every time. Maybe you're just going to hit a little quickie, you know, just because, just, just to connect. Um, and it's also like, it's okay to not come every time. There's been times where, like you said, I just want to, I just want to physically connect with you, period. I don't really care. There's been times where I'm sitting and watching TV and I just want to stroke my dude's dick. Like, you know, it's, it's, sex is so much more than just sex, but um, women and, and receiving orgasms. I know for me growing up, I, I, I was like you, Ash, and I thought, oh, like you're just supposed to get fucked and make noises. Mm-hmm. Cool. And when I was younger, I would actually always, when I would start to have an orgasm, I would stop myself because I thought it was wrong. Like mm-hmm. I would just, you, you start to get that pulse and then I'm like, no, 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 no. what the fuck yeah. is this? Um, and it, it's, it's actually quite difficult to have an orgasm from penetration alone, unless the dude is like this bigger up, like, unless it's going to stretch you out. Like it's, it's, it's difficult. I mean, there's, there's certain positions that can do it, stuff like that. But um, it's, you, you also have to be able to receive, like, I, I 
literally will not come if mentally I'm not thinking I'm receiving him. No, like I, it won't happen. It's like the imagery, like for me, I won't, I won't come if I don't, I won't come at all. Like if, if I'm not able to relax enough to have imagery mm-hmm. in my head, yes. so I'm in a, di- I'm literally in a different place than where, where I'm at. It's, it's weird. Yes. I'm connecting with you. I'm connecting, but I'm not even here. Like, and I have That's to be, a great way to put it. yeah, like I have to be so relaxed that I'm able to do that. And if mm-hmm. I'm unable to do that, then it's kind of like what to, to me, it's like, uh, like I'm, I'm not going to try to get there when I know mentally I can't do it. We can do something yeah. else like, you know, but I find, I, I found, and I think, and I feel that with women, it's, it's, it's not easy for them to have an orgasm. Um, in my, at least for me, it's not easy. Um, it, it happens a lot on like what happens on your end matters and what happens on their end matters and telling them like what gets you there. But like, man, like men can kind of just like pump and then they're good. And, <laughs> and, but for a woman, it's like, it's very, it's, I don't want to use the word meticulous because that's negative. It's just, it's just a little bit more difficult because there's more of, there's more imagery that has to happen and comfort that has to happen. Um, and I think that, I think sometimes women not, not having enough energy to get there sometimes and to do that is one of the reasons why they, you know, might fake orgasms um, or not knowing how to get there or not understanding. Like I'm like the first person to ever make me do that was, um, was a female. She was a girl. She is a girl. Um, and I was like, wow. I was like, that's how I, that's how I can get there because she made me feel so safe. And so like, I was able to relax and, um, like after that, I was able to come with men. Um, so I had to have the knowledge of how to get there first before I, you know, so it makes total sense, but it's like, I just, I, I love that we have the um, the avenue of sex to understand masculine and feminine energy, mm-hmm. because the the feminine is so delicate, and she will not show up if she doesn't feel welcomed, if she doesn't feel safe. Like, and and you can see that in the world as a whole. Like, beauty and creativity doesn't show up in war zones Mm -hmm. you know um and if it does it's it's showing up by a really fucking amazing person (laughs) you know it's sex is just it's so much it's so much more than just the physical action and and what we're taught in porn because that's our only teacher Mm -hmm. truly that's our i mean i didn't receive jack shit for uh sex ed except you put the penis in the hole <laughs> that's about it and then that um, causes pregnancy and yeah and stds and, and to be afraid of it and to be afraid of it yep that's exactly yeah. that's how i viewed when i was learning about that when in sex ed it was all framed as something negative um yeah. it was like don't do that um you're going to get pregnant and it causes stds it was never like it's a good thing you know, it's how you're supposed to be feeling during this time to, it's okay to want that. 
it was all based on fear um yeah it's like that mean girls scene where it's like don't have sex you will get pregnant and die (laughs) yeah pretty much your life is over or your life is over (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i i definitely think um sex ed needs a, a a huge overhaul um which like i i personally would love to it's it's hard because my my partner's a doctor so like it's very limited as to what like i can't make videos with him and post them and literally be like yo this is how because let's be real skill set does matter in yeah. sex skill we, let's not minimize skill sets and sex but like it's the the porn industry is everyone's main source of sexual education but it's it's been made for entertainment not for education like and i i think i really think that needs to change i think porn could be such an amazing tool to help a fuck ton of people have better sex feel better about themselves have better connections with their partners like see what actual love making looks like because actual love making is fucking beautiful. Um, and I think like that needs to be put out there more instead of just these scenes of chicks getting jackrabbited while their hair's being pulled. Like mm-hmm. there's a time and a place to be jackrabbited and to have your hair pulled. And it's not, you know, it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's. But- that's why I think you're doing such a great job though, educating on Instagram. Like, even though you had that whole debacle with your account and lost us, unfortunately, a lot of followers, you're still doing a good job educating on Instagram. That's why I love sharing that post yesterday is like, it was so raw and vulnerable, but also real. Like it was just real. The fact that like, you're willing to talk about things that most women aren't going to be comfortable to talk about. But I think that's why it's important to actually speak freely and understand that like this education is extremely valuable because it's not being taught. And so rather than being like, oh, sex is bad. You're a whore. It's like sex is good. You're allowed to embrace and have this feminine energy and you're allowed to like it. And I think that's where the big disconnect is. You're allowed to fucking like sex and to have an orgasm and to feel feminine, whether it's with a man or a, a woman, you know, like that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think too, um, there's this like weird stigma about feeling pleasure like mm-hmm. like you shouldn't you shouldn't feel pleasure too much like you shouldn't be too happy you know mm-hmm. make sure you're suffering make sure you're working hard and suffering like no uh actually if you have joy in your work your brain literally functions and alpha waves more often so mm-hmm. you are much more productive if you are feeling pleasure if mm-hmm. you're happy if you're feeling passion like that's that's one of the main drivers like I would legitimately rather die than not follow my passion because you're Mm -hmm. you're you're walking dead anyway and you're not going to function at a high level period um bringing it back to Mark like that's some that's something I learned by watching him like I watched him do literally the same job I was doing but he had so much fire and passion for it. And he can work endlessly. Like it blew my mind. Like, how are you not 
fucking falling apart. I'm over here like, oh my God, I was like on this phone. Uh, and he's just like, let me, let me hit this phone between my sets. And I'm like, I don't even want to pick it up. Um, yeah. And, and that, that pleasure and that passion deeply connects to the pleasure that you're allowing your, yourself to receive with sex. It's, it's so primal. It's so, it's so foundational. It's literally why we're all here. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like, we wouldn't be here if we weren't fucked into being like, it's, it's, it's mind blowing to me that, that it's something that's so, so shameful. Well, it's, mm-hmm. it's not shameful, but there's, there's so much shame created around it and, and shame and guilt um, are two very extremely powerful energies um, that just make you shrink. Right. right. If, if you feel an ounce of shame or guilt in anything, in absolutely anything, not just sex, it, it shrinks your entire being. Mm-hmm. Right. In, like, uh, do you think that like, so, you know, we're talking about this transitional time and like, you're talking about like doing what you love, like you were talking mm-hmm. about doing what you love. You'd rather die than like not do what you love to do. Um, because you work at a, at, you work at a better level when you're doing mm-hmm. what you love, um, or what you're passionate about. Do you think that that goes in line with this era of like Gen Zers and millennials that are now like, I'm going to find what my passion is rather than just do uh, what I know is going to make a lot of money. So like a lot of careers, and I'm not saying people don't, there aren't people out there that won't love, that don't love being a lawyer or don't love Mm -hmm. being a doctor or like, but they have to have a focus like that is different, like than someone who is not really into that. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I think now people are becoming okay with saying like, I love that. And I'd give everything up to go ahead and do that. Um, and I think it's probably, it, I think it's part of like that transitional time that you're talking about. It's like, now we're going into the receiving, right? Mm-hmm. Like even in careers, you know? Mm-hmm. And everything's shifting into, into heart-centered living. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's, that's the big shift. And it's such a powerful one. Like, can you imagine a world where like the only doctors are the ones that have a passion for being a doctor and are just trying to make money, you know, like that's where the fucking magic is. That's where all the magic is. And I love that it's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. we're seeing people become so successful because of it. Mm-hmm. And, and now we have all these beautiful examples of what it looks like to, to, to follow that passion and that it actually pays off because I don't know about you guys growing up, I was taught get a stable job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nine to five. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I used to be a dental hygienist and I fucking hated it. Like, well, I can't say I hated it. I was good at it. So I was okay with it, but I didn't love it. Um, and it was crippling very literally, but that, I mean, that even goes back to passion can't flourish if it doesn't feel stable, Mm -hmm. if it's scared. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we are living in a time like, yeah, of course the, like the whole COVID blah, 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 economy, blah, blah, blah. But like, 
relatively, we are living in a very stable time where you can go after what you want. Mm -hmm. Majority of people can do that. So, so we're, we're feeling supported. So now we can blossom into whatever we were meant to blossom into, um, right back to, to the masculine kind of holding space for the feminine to grow. Um, and that's, I want to, I want to be clear that it's not just like, we're not just talking about women. Like the, I, I personally think women stepping into their feminine power is going to help men to do it too because these like these poor guys out here yeah they're so so suppressed (laughs) so suppressed in their feminine energy like it's it's changed a lot like ponytails are back um but i i think women being able to show men that there is still strength in feminine energy because it's not just this soft nurturing receiving thing man have you ever seen the anger of a mother Mm -hmm. when somebody comes after her babies like that's that's powerful um and that's that's actually uh something that I, I wanted to to bring up is that we need to be really careful to not classify like emotions as masculine or feminine you know like a lot of people will see anger as a a masculine thing and and love as a feminine thing well it's not that there's there's different versions of those emotions um like like masculine anger is going to be expressed different than feminine anger and and so on and so forth um and that's something that just needs to be embraced. Like fellas cry a little, maybe dance a little, maybe paint a picture. Like, like those are, those are the kind of things that are going to help you tap into that feminine energy. Because like we, like we said earlier, right now we're coming out of kind of like the toxic masculine age. Um, And the only way to come out of that is to a heal those masculine wounds. Um, B start tapping into the feminine. Um, and honestly, like sex can help with that. Like if, if there's a bunch of people having conscious high sex, that's going to change the energy of the world. Just like you working on yourself and changing your own frequency changes the energy of the world. If, if we're having a bunch of high sex orgasms, that's you're literally pulsing that energy out to the ends of the cosmos that doesn't just stay with you everything that you do affects absolutely everything else which is super dope and like scientifically proven um so let's go let's yeah have that spiritual sex everybody <laughs> i love it no you've given us a lot to like kind of digest and we're gonna have to have you on again because this conversation oh, was too yeah, too less. too powerful not to like continue on but we really do appreciate your time and just helping us and our listeners kind of view the world a little bit differently. Cause I think this, your perspective is just very unique and it needs more attention in my opinion, but we really do appreciate you coming on and just sharing yourself with us. We just could not thank you enough. And we're, like I said, we're not happy back on again. Yeah. And thank you for, 
thank you for letting us be able to share ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Yes. A couple of things that like I have, you know, probably haven't told very many people and yeah. now we're telling a lot of people. So right. doesn't it fucking feel good? Yeah, <laughs> it does. It feels good to feel vulnerable. And I, hopefully more guys will also pick up on that. Cause like, it's just like you said, it's not a feminine thing. Like to be vulnerable, it's yeah. just a human thing. It's yeah. freeing. It's mm-hmm. so like to not carry around and worry about like, oh, does this person know? Like, can they see? No, you know what? Let me just fucking tell you. And that's right. out of the way. Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Right. Well, thank you so no. much. Um, yes. We will have another meeting soon and we will talk to you all next week. All right. See you. Peace. Thanks for having me.